0: Welcome to the Fables Podcast, recorded the second Wednesday of every month from the Fables main stage at the Next Stage Theater in Putney, Vermont. The podcast is produced at the Earspoon Studios in collaboration with Fishhook Communications. Each month, four storytellers are selected to tell their personal story. If you have a personal story you would like to tell, please go to nextstagearts.org. Click on the Fables banner and pitch us your story right through the website. We'll be sure to get back in touch with you right away to let you know we've received it and how to proceed. This podcast and the live event at the Next Stage Theater are brought to you in part by the Vermont Country Deli, Farnham Insulators, the Marina Restaurant, Burroughs Specialized Sports, and the River Valley Credit Union. The following podcast was recorded live on March 13th at 7 p.m. The theme of the evening was Girl Power. Our partner charity for the evening was Girls on the Run. They inspire girls to be joyful, healthy, and confident, and they envision a world where every girl knows and activates her limitless potential and is free to boldly pursue her dreams. Our first storyteller of the evening woke up with 101 temperature, so was unable to make it. So yours truly stepped in to fill the void. Tonight's theme is is Girl Power. And when we were coming up with the themes, the first thing I thought of, the image um, that kind of resonates, I think, most with everybody, is Rosie the Riveter. When I say that, everybody has that image that pops in their head, right, of the woman with with the handkerchief on her hand, right, exactly. Half the room did it, just so you know you weren't alone. We can do it. So when I think about that image and how the Defense Department rolled that out to get women involved in the workforce from 1940 to about 1945, as men were being called off by you know by the hundreds and the thousands to go to war, women kind of took over the country. Prior to that, women held 1% of the workforce population. Uh, by 1945, women held 63% of the workforce population. These were the women not doing doing the job that men did, right? The big manly jobs. Riveting putting the ships together building airplanes working at the armories And as the men returned back from war women kind of drop back into that more familiar position of being housewives and mothers so which speaks more to what a woman is capable of of Taking charge and, and changing the role to falling back into her role speaks I think just volumes as to how resilient women are right Give it up. Give it up for the ladies. Um, and as I was thinking about that and uh, getting a call early this morning about our lead storyteller, uh, waking up with a 101 temperature, right, so Laura Chapman, who had an amazing story to tell, so I'll get her up here again when she's not sick to tell that story. Um, I've always just kind of considered myself the pinch hitter, and this is my one baseball reference that I'm allowed, according to my wife. Um, and I always figured, all right, if somebody, if this happened, I could stand in and I could tell a 10 to 15 minute story, which is part of the guidelines for telling a story. And I just wasn't prepared to do it because I'm not a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, a, a woman did help me out, my wife, and said, well, you know, you don't have to be a a woman to talk about how strong women are. And she's absolutely right, because when I think about... Um, Some of the women that have touched and uh, influenced me and built, made me the person that I am um, are are folks like first and foremost, my mother. I'm a strong man because I was raised by a strong woman. Those same set of rules apply to why I'm crazy, but they, they, uh, she was a very strong woman. And in the 60s, early 60s to the mid 60s to the early 70s, um, she was, raising my older sister who was developmentally delayed. Now given in those days, it was just a diagnosis. There really wasn't any treatment for it, but she was diligent, she was strong. And as I grew up throughout my life watching her and how she would advocate on behalf of my sister, making sure that she had the, the care that she needed, the education that she wanted to make her as normal as possible. She was never gonna be normal. she I mean, she's developmentally delayed, but to watch her, um, on the phone with a notebook and a pad smoking like it was good for you back then <laughs> um, but she would just kind of plow through and and get her into programs and into schools and doing things and keeping her engaged so that she would do this now a lot of people uh, such as myself who are just a part of a, a nuclear family boy girl mom dad um, often that sibling can often feel sort of forgotten the more normal sibling and how my mom always kind of pulled me in to let me know that, you know, that's, yes, I have to pay attention to your sister, but I have to pay attention to you and that sort of strong resolve. And that's not to take anything away from my father, who was a wonderful father, but in those roles, in those times, he was the, he was the breadwinner. So all this had to happen while my mom and he will tell you firsthand that, that it predominantly fell on her shoulders. And if she wasn't such a strong woman, kind of plowing through and, and at constantly advocating for my sister, making sure she needed to be where she had to be, getting the help she needed to help, that she just probably just would have ended up institutionalized, which was just not an option. So I watched her do that and and was reminded years later, years after she passed, she passed away about 12 years ago now, and I would often be in these circles where I would serve, now advocating on my sister's behalf myself. Uh, I serve on a board of the Black Mountain Assisted Family Living, which is an advocacy and permanent housing for my sister. Um, And which brings me into a realm of having to talk to some of the people who 25 years ago talked to my mother so much to this day, they still remember who she is and remember those phone calls and, and very gently kind of tell me how big of a pain in the ass she was, but if she wasn't, that, that she wouldn't have gotten the help that she needed. Um, so that kind of molded me to be a person who looked for a life partner that would be equally as strong. And then that kind of introduced me to the second most strongest woman in my life, which is my wife. <laughs> And if there's one thing that you need to know about Vicky, is that if you are ever sick, there's two things that you need in this order, an advocate and then a doctor. A couple of years ago before my mother-in-law passed away, who was also another amazing woman, she dropped everything she was doing and for five weeks just disappeared because her mother was going down a slope and she didn't like the trajectory of that. So she flew back to her hometown of Detroit, Michigan, to pull her mother out of the depths. Literally had to physically, I can remember her, we talked every day, two and three times a day, had to pick her up, put her in the shower, get her clean, put her makeup on, force her out the door. And I'm telling you, when I tell you that my wife is formidable when it comes to that kind of stuff, there's, it's no, it's not an option. It is just not an option. And she was gone for about five weeks, and the whole time she has to work. So she's on the phone selling hitting her goals, putting in orders, and getting it done, phone on one, one ear doing this, walking her mother to the car, and it's just amazing. And then having to do that a year later, as she was, as she was really, this time, we were, we were gonna end up losing her. And, but flew out there just to make sure that she had everything she needed before she passed, and then getting the phone call that she passed. And, I'll, and I'll, it, was, it was hard, and having to move all of her stuff out of her apartment and take care of all that, but again, it's, it's that advocacy role that, that my wife uh, played in getting her mother to her final days and, and helping her build back up to a life that she once recognized and living it again and getting her into assisted living that she sort of accepted. She, she, was, a little, she was a little stubborn. But just, again, that, advocate, that advocating for, for women that she did and, and being a strong woman. And what, what's the, I can't remember how the old saying goes, but it, it essentially says, you know, be the woman that lifts the other woman up, not knocks them down. And that's what my wife does all the time, every day. <laughs> so we moved into our house, I don't know, about 12 years ago. And I live on old Guilford Road with dead ends at, uh, at Fort Dumber State Park. And every May, June, somewhere in there, once a year, I come down to the end of the road, and I can't on, any, on a certain Saturday get away because there's a thousand girls running past my road. And I can't get anywhere, so I'm irritated beyond belief once a year. And I don't know, this happens, I don't know, probably 10 years anyway. And I started doing, I don't know, in 2012, I started doing a lot of endurance things, marathons, Ironmen, triathlons, Um, found out about a running group that meets every Tuesday morning at the Brattleboro Union High School track and started running again with a lot of strong women. Women are vicious and competitive beyond anything I can, except for this one woman. That was always kind of nice and always had a smile and never seemed to touch the ground and that was nancy heidinger who's the executive director of girls on the run now nancy is also um probably the third strongest woman i've ever met in my life and that's true all the women that are involved in my life have somehow formed me to being a better man and have strived for me to reach those goals and hire on those goals, my mother, my wife, Nancy, and watching the work that she does with Girls on the Run. We were running around the track one day, and she came running up to me. She slowed down, I'll be honest. (laughs) And uh, she said, hey, did Erin, who was a Girls on the Run employee, did she reach out to you? And I said, no, she hasn't. She said, well, she's gonna reach out to you. I said, well, or we could just have the conversation since you know what she has to say. <laughs> so, and it was, it was about putting together some public service announcements, which is uh, part of the thing that I, I did then and do now. And I, we put together what I felt was a really good campaign and we launched it and it was good. And then Nancy said, would you join the board? And I said, no, no, I'm good, thank you. I'm on way too many boards right now. Well, would you at least MC the event? And I said, I think I could do that. I think I could, I'm not going to go anywhere that day. This has already been established. (laughs) So I might as well just come down and be a part of it. And I emceed the event and I watched the impact that Nancy Heidinger had and the advocating that she was doing on behalf of small girls and growing them up to be strong, wonderful women. And all the coaches that get involved in doing that. And we'll hear from one of those coaches a little later on tonight, Mandy Meyer. And the interaction she had with the girls and how happy these girls were and, and just how amazing of an organization it was. And I thought to myself, you know, if it wasn't for my mom making me wanna advocate and for my wife making me wanna advocate and now Nancy making me wanna advocate, things happen in threes, right? So by the end of that, end of that day, I think I said to Nancy, well, i tell you what, on Monday, let's talk about me being on the board. (laughs) Because it was truly an amazing event. These women, I take my hat off to all of you that do this, that help and lift women up in a place to make them better, as opposed to knocking them down, which is such an easier path to follow. So hands, hand of applause to all of you. To Nancy, to my wife, to my mom. Thank you for listening to Fables Podcast. Remember, the live event happens the second Wednesday of every month at the Next Stage Theater in Putney, Vermont. For more information, go to their website, nextstagearts.org. For more Fables Podcasts and a variety of other podcasts, visit us at theearspoon.com. Thank you for listening.